Joyful Pause podcast. My name is Nicole Taylor and I'm the author of A Joyful Pause. I am so excited today to have a special guest, Arwana Hayashi. Hi, Arwana. Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, I'm so happy that you're here. I want to tell our listeners a bit about you. Arwana Hayashi heads the creation of Social Presencing Theater for the Presencing Institute. Working with Otto Scharmer and colleagues, she brings her background in the arts, meditation, and social justice to creating social presencing that makes visible both current reality and emerging future possibilities for individuals and for groups. Arwana's pioneering work as a choreographer, performer, and educator is deeply sourced in collaborative improvisation. Her dance career ranges from directing an interracial street dance company formed by the Boston Mayor's Office for Cultural Affairs in the aftermath of the 1968 murder of Dr. Martin Luther King, to being one of the foremost performers of Japanese court dance, Bugaku, in the U.S. She has been co-director of the dance program at Naropa University in Boulder, Colorado, and founder-director of two contemporary dance companies in Cambridge, Massachusetts. She is currently on the core faculty of the Presencing Institute, and she is an all-around rock star. I'm so excited uh, for this conversation. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah. It ma- makes me feel very old hearing all of these things. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, who knows about the number, but your energy is just nonstop. Um, I have seen it in action, and so for me, you're just... Um, I try not to gush and just be a normal person, but I will say that for me, you're just a huge inspiration in terms of the power of contemplative practice and embodiment, and also just a model for um, doing what you're here in this body to do until you either don't want to or can't anymore. So um, thank you for that. But tell our listeners about, um, I'd love for them to hear from you, what is social presencing theater and why did you create it? Ah, oftentimes I think just the name gives us a good definition. Um, And it wasn't my name, actually. The name of the work uh, came into the mind of Otto Scharmer, who is the articulator of this change theory called Theory U and the founder, co-founder of um, the Presencing Institute. The name actually came to him. Uh, before the work did, oddly enough. And um, if the name describes that it's something that in general is done in groups, social, although there are practices for individual embodied presence, uh, in individual synchronization of the mind and the body, and individual groundedness in our connection to this good earth planet, to the mother earth's body. But primarily the work is about social field shifts, which is the quality of relationships between people. So most of the practices are done in small groups and teams. Um, And it does um, 
invite us all into this uh, strange word called presencing, which is a combination of sensing, really relying and trusting on our sense perceptions, what we see, what we hear, what we feel, distinguishing our sense experience, our immediate experience, from what we think about it, our opinions, assumptions, uh, notions about it. So really relying on our senses and also on being present, of course, in the present moment, and recognizing that our presence is very um, powerful and very communicative, just our presence in the space in our everyday lives. The word theater, uh, we use, it's not about acting, uh, but it is uh, referring to the root of the word theater, which is uh, thea, which is a place where something significant becomes visible, a place of visibility, a place where we behold and can be seen. And bodies, of course, <laughs> are very visible. So we use this embodied presence and our arrangement of bodies in the space as a way of accessing not only places that might be stuck in our uh, collective uh, journey of innovation, creativity, healing, but also the incredible um, potential in the future of contacting our wisdom and our uh, compassion and care for this world, our intelligence, in order to create uh, futures that are um, healthy and sane and caring for our uh, uh, planet and for generations to come. Ooh, that is, that's the practice. Like, that is what you start to experience when you are doing some of the activities in social presencing fear. And I love this part about um, coming into the senses, coming into awareness, coming into the body, and releasing the story. That feels to me like, um, if you've, if anyone that's listening has worked with me in leadership development, I often will use two of the practices from social presencing theater. One is called 20-minute dance, and another is called the stuck, um, stuck process. And in 20-minute dance, one, part of the instruction is to be willing to be surprised. And that feels like um, part of what you are inviting us into, Arwana, is this present moment awareness where anything becomes possible rather than when we're kind of stuck in habitual patterns of thinking or even habitual ways of holding or using the body, we kind of get stuck in whatever the groove is of that mm -hmm. way of being. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think we cannot <laughs> um, underestimate the power of habits the, the power of conditioning, um, the power of believing in everything that we think, <laughs> and also the sense that what we think is often based upon the past. Um, and this is important, of course, and our stories are important, personal and collective and ancestral stories. Um, they have great value. And at the same time, 
it is very important that we can suspend those for a moment and actually tune in to this very moment. What is the felt quality of this moment? What is the emptiness in a way, the spaciousness, the not knowing of this moment, out of which then something fresh and new can emerge? So I think without being disrespectful to the stories and the past, we are also recognizing, as you just said, that we are often bound, constricted, and uh, almost imprisoned by our conventional and uh, conditioned thoughts and behavior. And within this particular art form, and we do think of social presencing theater as an art form, uh, it is influenced by this sense of openness and not knowing and um, sort of the, the ability to let the mind uh, be free for at least a moment uh, and really rely on just what is my experience now and what is our experience now so that something actually surprising and um, fresh can arise. Yeah. yeah. And the hour, you know, I think more and more many people are starting to do practices that support embodiment, the felt sense of what's happening inside. But what I love about social presencing theater is this usness that can happen in in some of the practices. So can you say a little bit about, I'm thinking specifically of practices like the Dance of Five, like Villages. Can you share a little bit um, Mm -hmm. about what that is and how that supports maybe making new choices in community? Um, Sure. I think one of the things about using the body here is that, um, you know, in a certain way, we can't both experience the body and be thinking at the same time, <laughs> quite frankly, that the that the body provides this kind of groundedness and a resting place for the mind's attention. Uh, and we start there, but as you say that this sense of groundedness and um, the mind being synchronized with the body allows for a natural sense of expansion, openness, inclusiveness. There's a natural sense of being and maybe even well-being that then enable us to really relax and include so this usness that you refer to, or this what we sometimes call the social body, is something that is really the focal point of our work. That we all, um, in every moment, live in social bodies, whether that's our family, our households, our teams at work, our organizations, our communities. We're always interconnected. We're always connected, not only to other people, but to all living beings and to the earth itself. And oftentimes we, we, we feel that we're not connected. We feel disconnected, not only from ourselves, our own bodies, but from each other. So this, what we're realizing and learning in this work is how natural it is given a little bit of just parameter and encouragement, how natural it is to be able to experience ourselves as part of a social body, 
not just our separate entity, um, but that we actually can say, experience that five people together or 20 people together, that that's almost in itself a living being. It's not just a collection of individuals, but that it has its own quality, its own kind of um, intentions, and its own, um, you know, its own presence in a certain way. And so much of these practices that you're referring to are trying to um, enhance this natural ability to feel that we're connected and included and functioning as a social system rather than just an individual disconnected uh, uh, from the others or kind of partially connected, <laughs> once in a while connected when we feel that the circumstances are to our liking, but that in fact we're always connected and always functioning as social bodies and social fields. And how do we cultivate the healthiness, the basic creativity, the basic compassion in those systems is what these practices are about. So, um, and they're, 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 it's a method, you know, these practices, uh, social presencing theater is a, is, is a collection of actual practices and methods that we invite people um, into to to try to cultivate this um, this uh, this kind of knowing of ourselves as uh, always co-creating the social systems that we live in. Oh, that last part, always co-creating <laughs> the social systems that we live in. I that's a really important message right now, you know, because there's lots going on all over the place and. It can be really easy to be like, well, that's those people over there. That's right. And so there really is a sense of kind of co-creation. That's right. That I feel your your um, your practices kind of bring us into the felt sense of, and yeah. then it goes beyond. Oh yeah, go ahead. No, no, please. It. I was just picking up on. Yeah, that there's a. I notice that there, when I when I see um, the social media, or I see, or I hear from other people, this sense of um, oh, it's all too too big. It's all the challenges are too large around um, inequality, uh, around climate, for instance. And my little, you know, bit, it's a certain kind of helplessness or a certain kind of cannot find out how to participate in somehow and so the the sense that each of us of, of course there are power differences in terms of who makes decisions who you know has wealth and whatnot and these are I'm not in the least bit saying um, that these are not powerful forces on the planet but I'm also saying that each of us that that it doesn't help to just say oh it's their problem it it um, reinforces this kind of us and them mentality. It reinforces that there are uh, oppressors, victims, and saviors, which, of course, any of us can be in any of these roles. But in this case, we're trying to say that all of us, even when we're opposed to other people, this is a co-creative process of something. We're co-creating 
stuckness or we're co-creating um, uh, despair or we're co-creating aggression or we're co-creating creativity and co-creating kindness, you know. So it's yeah. it's a sense of how each of us are engaged and how um, the choices that we make and in our practices, these are kind of limited choices. This is these are art practices and they they're they for have some parameters however they also point to how it is that we're living our life how it is that we're working with our teams at work or in our organizations so i i think it's this sense of what is a non-aggressive approach let's just say a non-aggressive approach to change that we're not trying to fix manipulate or change other people but they were actually seeing that change is just how life is. It's always changing moment to moment. And how do we participate in that in a gentle, non-aggressive, and powerful way? I think these are the practices are trying to give us some insight and some courage and confidence and humility, for that matter, around that task of being, a, a, let's say, a change agent or a leader today. Yes, 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 yes. And I think it's also um, when I'm sharing it with people in leadership development, it's kind of the frame is that you can have this experience in your body, in this container, in your body, in your mind, in your heart, in this container, so that when you go back into the workplace or if you're an activist and you go back into whatever your activism is mm -hmm. you have that imprint in you yeah. and you can recall that and act from that place so i really do love um i love the way that these practices help us have the experience and then we can go and build on that and another thing I just want to circle back to, because I think it's a really important part of social presencing theater, is that we often are kind of getting our body down onto the ground, coming into the breath and coming into our presence before we even move more deeply into any of the activities. So can you speak a little bit more to, just from your perspective, the role of contemplative um, practice as part of kind of this tuning that we're talking about? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, so my background is not only um, in dance, which, but it, it also has been um, in meditation practice that I uh, started with my own teacher um, in 1974. So that's a, a while back now. And so um, that has in, influenced uh, me quite a bit. And my particular teacher, who was a Chogen Trumpa Rinpoche, was very interested in art, and um, art that was based upon a kind of non-aggression and a sense of genuineness. So, and it was um, the the practices of mindfulness, or just resting the attention uh, and awareness, open awareness. You know, that's. Uh, kind of free of too much uh, ego clinging, and um, and also uh, kindness practices are, are part of of how how I um, um, how I guess I felt like I could um, 
bring these, this kind of um, mind training practice, um, which is also a body training in terms of being uh, uh, more still. But I, I could bring, we bring that into this kind of art practice, which then also could inform uh, our everyday life uh, and everyday work life. And this is how I, I learned. I guess that's what I'm saying, is that art practices like this were a link for me between a, a formal sitting meditation practice and the sort of general chaos and ups and downs of everyday life that it was um, it was these movement practices and art practices that helped me understand how to bring um, my, let's say, mindfulness awareness or a kind of spiritual practice life into just ordinary, you know, ordinary everyday activity and relationships. And so I think the social presencing theater is a, uh, brings this to people. Many uh, many people I know that you work with also, they don't have uh, uh, any particular meditation practice or even any interest in that. In that. And yet everyone's mind, you know, feels more settled in times and everybody's natural uh, mindfulness and natural um, kind of um, generosity and, and kindness it kind of gets an, gets an opportunity to express itself in social presence in theater. Yeah. You don't need to have a, a formal meditation practice at all um, or, or even think of yourself as having a spiritual journey, but the, it, it's just ordinary. You know, or it's, sometimes we say it's just ordinary human being practice. And what it is to be a human being with other human beings, which in a certain way the theater has always been a container for that. So, Yeah. You know, and that's the other thing that I really love about the this work and the way that you um, lead folks through this work. There really is a kind of assumption of basic goodness. Yep. And basic wholeness. <laughs> and can you talk a little bit about that? Because... I feel like, and this is like, I don't know, I hope I don't hurt anyone's feelings by saying this, but I think that as we have opened to and faced into the re- the reality of how many of us, myself included, have really experienced some, some form of trauma, and it's important to shine a light on that, take it out of the shadows, and, and that's, part of the, that's part of the healing. But sometimes I see at least on social media or in the media, it looks like it kind of skews toward almost like um, like a celebration of it, which I think is different than an acknowledgement and a move toward healing. And so to me, when I hear someone say a basic goodness and a celebration of that, I feel like, ooh, that, tell me more about that. And I'm not um, vilifying trauma that anyone has experienced but sometimes I think in the trying to make space for normalizing that people go through this it's almost like we also forget to normalize some of the characteristics of our humanity that are quite beautiful and quite potent and the ones that are going to help us to create the changes in the world and in ourselves that we want to see Mm -hmm. yeah 
it's a I think that you touch on uh, a sort of very both profound and um, sometimes kind of holding holding many different um, complexities of what it is to be a human and 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 particularly in terms of all of our collective um, uh, trauma and collective suffering and the journeys that that we, we've um, made as human beings through the generations um, but and and as you say it is a the sense that there's basic sanity basic healthiness uh, and basic care or what what in in my own tradition is called basic goodness not necessarily in a moral sense but just that there's basic um, um, you know at the core of every system whether it's our individual body mind system or whether it's other types of social systems they are not toxic to the core they're uh, at the core of a hu- every human being is some kind of wholeness and um, some kind of open healthiness and of course there's plenty of evidence that this may not be the case but um, and as you said it's an assumption it's a premise but it is a premise on which all of this work that I do is based. That that is the nature, the innate nature of human beings, of all beings, and of, therefore, of social systems. Um, There is some kind of basic wisdom and healthiness, sanity and compassion there, care there, there is. And our work is to not is again to look with honesty at all of the suffering and stupidity and confusion and aggression that's there without losing track of the basic beauty and gifts and creativity and you know, or enormous wisdom that lives in every being. So it's a, it's it's holding this, but also our <laughs> our prejudice, let's say, is towards this what's called emerging future. This is a language of Presencing Institute. This learning from an emerging future, and those of us like myself with grandchildren, we're very. Um, you know, you get up in the morning and you say, okay, how am I going to create a, 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 a healthy and caring world for my grandchildren and their grandchildren? And it's probably not from just um, spending my life looking at all of the just atrocities going on in the world, but it's also recognizing the amazing, amazing uh, human potential for uh, care and compassion and and creativity and healing. So I think, yes, that the, the, that would be certainly a, a premise that not everybody would be interested in 
investigating, but it is in in the same way that I think your work with the joyful pause is re- is recognizing in in every person how important celebrating and joyfulness and enormous appreciation and gratefulness for this life how how important that is for the well-being and of the mental and physical health of people and of institutions mm-hmm. that um I guess I'm I'm mostly often thinking on the institutional or organizational level that um, we spend a lot of time complaining about our organizations, but it's good also to take a moment and say, "Hey, we, we're helping out. We're doing we're doing and we're doing our best to be of benefit in the world." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That part about um, like the way that I. In my tradition, when I think about, like, you're using the term basic goodness, and I love that, and I was thinking about um, sometimes when I'm teaching Ayurveda and I'm sharing some of the Indian philosophies that are kind of the foundation of Ayurveda, one of them is called Mimamsa. And in Mimamsa, the view was that um, we, we are in this plane of existence that we're on is a reflection of this beautiful divine consciousness and when you know some folks in some places are kind of able to reflect that beauty of divine consciousness kind of as wide as an ocean and for whatever reason other others may reflect it the size of a thimble but it's always there or the size of the head of a pin but it's always there that reflection Mm -hmm. so whenever I think of um atrocities and I'm struggling to like actually still get in touch with that idea of basic goodness I think of mimamsa and I think of that reflection piece and even if I can't see it because it's so minute everything here is still reflecting that consciousness Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of yeah that's the way that I make peace with that so in terms of the social field though um you kind of already touched on that, but would love to hear a bit more on what a social field is and how um, social presencing theater can support positive shifts in the social field. Mm. So um, social field uh, shift or the cultivating of a social field is probably one of the um, primary um, intentions of all of the work of the Presencing Institute. So sometimes that work is called awareness-based systems change. And again, awareness being this sense of being able to sense into the whole of something and the well-being of not only the center of a system, but also the inclusion and the well-being of those on the margins, those whose voices we don't hear um, and who, um, you know, who are oftentimes not considered in decision making. So this sense of how to sense into the whole social field is so important in our work. Um, and Otto, the, again, the, referring to Otto Scharmer, he's from a, a family of farmers, of biodynamic farmers. And I love this story in his um, books about going on these field walks with his father to examine the quality of the soil. 
because the quality of the soil determined the health of the plant. So in our work, we're looking at social soil of teams and organizations. And is that social soil, which again is the quality of the relationship, uh, is that social soil um, conducive to creativity, conducive to uh, you know, working working environment that everyone loves to be in, uh, conducive to, um, you know, the sort of um, ability to aspire to be a benefit. So our work is this cultivation of relationships between people um, that is, and that relationship is called, the, the quality of the relationship is called the social field. And there's quite a bit of research now that Presencing Institute and others are doing on this, um, how do social fields shift? And it's a, sometimes we say we need a, um, we need an MRI for social fields. You know, there's an MRI for measuring that mindfulness and compassion in individuals can really improve the quality of their life. <laughs> but we don't have an MRI for social fields. So uh, much of our work is around this quality of relationships. That could be the quality of listening, an ability to suspend uh, um, many you know, of our kind of inferences and assumptions. Uh, it, 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 it could be the, um, the sense of letting go of um, restrictive uh, uh, views you know the, the whole sense of how to how to open up and listen to people that we don't like, don't agree with, don't trust, for instance. Yeah. So it's it's this it's this um, um, it's this intention to cultivate um, sort of healthy relationships, I guess you could say. And the interesting thing about using things like social presencing theater, that kind of approach, is that because it's so body and spatially oriented, um, it's not so, you, you know, it, it allows us to somewhat boycott um, a lot of kind of um, way that the mind gets stuck onto things. Mm -hmm. You know, I have this idea about how it should be, or I have this... Uh, idea about how that person is, you know, and be, but this is kind of much more direct in terms of what I see, what I feel, what I do, very concrete in our work. You know, you see somebody do something and then you have this feeling and then perhaps you do something. Uh, it's, it's very, um, it, it, it boycotts Oh, this is what I think about it. This is what I should do. This is what this means. So it suspends that a little bit and again allows us to really feel the sense into and the and developing this real feeling quality of this thing which we call the social field. Can't really see it. It's invisible to some extent, but you can really feel it. You can feel when the team is really... Uh, loving and creative and, um, um, you know, cares about, the, you know, really aligned with a, an aspiration. 
and you can feel when you're in a team or a situation that is disconnected and doesn't doesn't isn't able to connect and create in that way and it's um, so that it's relying again and developing this feeling quality this heart knowing and body knowing so that that comes becomes as powerful uh, knowing as the head knowing mm-hmm. um, not, nothing ma- nothing the matter with the head knowing <laughs> but it's just out of proportion from the heart the so, sort of heart knowing and the and the body knowing yes 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 it's it's uh i think it's really important to kind of lean into all of our intelligences and the intellectual knowing is great and there's a body knowing there's a heart knowing um so i love i love that part of what the work does so you actually have a program coming up where people can spend a year getting to know these practices, deepening their own experience, learning how to share them with others. Can you tell us a bit about your upcoming program? Of course. Thank you for asking. Um, this would be the eighth time that we've offered this year-long um, training. And... Um, several of these have been in the U.S., that began in the U.S. Then it uh, has moved to Europe the last few years to Berlin. And also we were able to do one in Latin America for these wonderful practitioners there. Uh, We did it in in Uruguay. And uh, then also we did quite an extensive uh, three-year program in Denmark. So this year we are back in the U.S. Uh, again, trying to cultivate uh, and support uh, practitioners of social presencing theater and theory U in the in the U.S. and Canada, and uh, and so the the program begins. This new session begins in sep- very soon, on September eighth, here in New York, in the beautiful area uh, here in the Hudson Valley. It's a uh, retreat type of setting, and uh, it's a residential program. And then the second uh, session will be online. It just cause it's a little, you know, less expensive for people. They don't have travel, so we'll do an online uh, second session, and then the third session is here back in New York. Um, and mostly it has to do with uh, there's sort of three parts to it. One is really uh, deepening the, the sense of the practice, so it really gets into people's bones and the, the the view of it and the accuracy of the practices. Then it also has to do with um, how to apply them. So we just uh, this morning had this wonderful presentation from our Latin American. Um, uh, community. It was really remarkable. We had five different presentations from um, Colombia, Argentina, Chile, um, uh, Brazil, and Uruguay. And and there was so much engagement of in healthcare, in education, at the university level, in um, civic civic engagement. Uh, It was so impressive what the community down there is doing. And so this is one of the things that is very important to us, is that people 
feel confident and can learn the practices well enough that they feel that they can bring them into their own context, much as you have, uh, Nicole, within your own leadership training and other programs that we're helping other uh, helping people feel that they're confident in how to offer them in choosing the right practice for the right context and that kind of kind of thing. Um, and then also, um, there is a little bit of a uh, encouragement for reflection and kind of what we would call a research or um, just a continuous learning that we uh, support one another. Uh, in in the work, and uh, oftentimes this can be connected to the Presidency Institute's uh, free courses, which are called the ULAB, uh, or other contexts that people feel that they can build community and uh, share learnings. That's so, awesome. any, anyways, people are, are are really really welcome. It's it's uh, we focused on U.S., but there are, are, are two wonderful women coming from the Ubuntu Lab in South. Uh, South Africa, and there are uh, others coming from Europe as well. So uh, it's it's just really looking like a, a fantastic group of uh, of women and men and others who are really uh, joining to um, learn from one another and to share and um, yeah. To- yeah. So if folks want to learn more about this. Um, would they go to arwanahayashi.com? Would they go to presencing.org or both? Um, any of those or u-school.org, okay. which, is, which is really Presencing Institution's capacity uh, building arm. Um, Presencing Institute has both sort of capacity building. That's called the u-school. It also does um, consulting and um institutional work and it also has a research branch and it also has really a a heavy focus on on social arts so it has different areas but either my website which is just my name.com or uh, presencing institute or dot org or youschool.org any of these will have the program that program listed as well as other uh, basic programs in social presencing theater that various faculty offer uh, in Europe, Asia, Latin America, and and here in North America. That's fabulous. If you're listening to this, I really suggest you go. Um, If I wasn't going to be gallivanting in Portugal at the same time as the residential program, I would 100% be there. So it's such a fabulous opportunity to, to learn and to deepen and to build community. No, it's just dis- disappointing work. that you're not going to be with us. It does have a little bit of a prerequisite. So that would be something, mm-hmm. which is that you have, it would be good if you had, you know, some experience either by taking a ba- basics course or maybe other programs that a presidency institute is offered. So you have, you know, you, it would be good if you have a little bit of um, background and you can always get in touch with us about that. Good to know. Good to know. I um, also wanted to bring up something you and I and our great friend um, Grace Shim are collaborating on, which is the Curiosity, Courage, Compassion, BIPOC Explorations. And um, would love to hear from you how you think, you know, what it is and um, 
what you're learning from those experiences that we're, we're helping to co-create with folks. Oh, gosh. This has been a really joyful um, experience this year. Um, so, uh, as you said, uh, you, Nicole, and, and Grace and I are co-designing and holding uh, a, a, a series of three gatherings. The first one uh, was online, and about 50 folks, wonderful folks from the BIPOC community, which is, if you don't know, is black, indigenous, uh, people of color um, community. And that gathering was just so much, um, so much uh, joyfulness and uh, learning. And people jumped in and offered things, and we did wonderful um tributes to our ancestors and we did practice and people were able to break uh, in in small breakout groups for reflection so then we that set us up for offering two uh, in-person programs and we have been doing those in philadelphia where we we did the first one in philadelphia where which was a wonderful location an urban location easy to get to and um Again, we just had a wonderful uh, time of creating um, really a, a powerful social field uh, with a combination of the practices and reflections. And um, people, I think, felt, at least I felt, and this is, uh, maybe, Nicole, you can speak to it, but a real depth of um, caring and trust and uh, kind of enthusiasm for um, how to go forward uh, in the difficult work that many, many people are engaged in. And we'll have in November uh, a, a third, the last of this series, uh, also in Philadelphia. And we're very, very uh, looking forward to that. And that's uh, also listed on the websites, it's on my website, uh, on my uh, schedule. And uh, I, I think if it's not on the Social Presencing Theater website yet, it will be within the next few days. Yeah. Yes, um, it has really been amazing to co-create with everyone. And we've got people who are in the arts. We have people who are working in various nonprofits. We have folks who are doing kind of more personal development. But in the government, we have a person in the government. Yeah, and one yeah. and one who's a banker. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of everything going on in there, and um, you know, this BIPOC term is such a catch-all phrase for a group of people that are having very different experiences of what it's like to walk through their body through the world in their body, you know, which I think is fascinating. Um, and at the same time, there's the opportunity to, um, to bring this practice of kind of embodied experience and also group experience specifically to what it's like to be in what Razma Menicum calls a body of culture. And um, to see, like, what, it, what is that like? And, and what is the social field when we are, when everyone is a body of culture? And what shows up in that space that doesn't show up in other spaces? And what shows up that shows up in both spaces? And what happens in us? And what, how do we co-create um, 
safety and care. It's just been really rich um, to to be in this exploration together. So um, if there's any person that identifies as a person of color that's interested in that type of exploration, um, please join us in Philadelphia. The dates are November uh, 11th through the 12th. And we usually do, um, you know, 9.30 to 5.30 on Saturday and 9.30 to 4 on Sunday. And it's a mixture of, there's a lot of laughter, actually. <laughs> there is. There's a lot of laughter and there's um, always some tears, too, because we're kind of going deep and noticing things about ourselves. And But definitely, I feel like it's characterized by a sense of what I would only call love, which is a weird word to use with people you've only met twice. <laughs> um, but I also feel like that is the field that we are creating. It's just such a, a loving and caring and accepting field. So thank you for co-creating that with us. And Grace, um, hi, Grace. I just want to say hi to you. And, uh, and thank you for everything that you bring to that space as well. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So my final question for you, Arowana, is something that I ask every guest. And um, that question is, what is your vision for our collective liberation? Hmm, beautiful um, to think about. And uh, such a such an important topic, this one of liberation and freedom. And um, again, perhaps my reference point is more um, from our art practices that that this um, kind of, I think freedom is something that we all, even though it's uh, again covered up, we all have a sense of it. And the sense of the power of it, the beauty of it, and the the warmth. Um, and so I think that in a way, I mean, I probably wouldn't frame our work in that way. And yet I'm certain that that this is the um, aspiration, right? To be, to be of benefit so that every person um, every person feels like they can be genuinely who they are. Every person feels welcome on the planet. Every person yeah, has the freedom to be exactly who they are and that, that who they are is welcomed into the global community. And every person, sometimes we say in our work, when we start with the, our 20-minute dance, we say, find your spot on the planet. And that every single being right now, whether you're sitting or standing or walking, every being has a place on the planet. 
And that's a place where they belong. And that sense of um, knowing that just as I am, with all my faults and flaws, just as I am right now as a human being on this planet, under this sky, with these people, that that's a, uh, that that in itself is a basically good situation. And that that in itself, for this moment, is freedom. That I'm not bound by my definitions. And that whatever my definition of identity or the ups and downs of my life, the stories of my life, whatever they are, that they are you know, kind of they're living in a big space of openness. And that openness and the sense of just being at this moment exactly who I am without my judgments and opinions and that you can be just who you are on your spot on the planet with whatever combinations of story you have that that ability to just be there and appreciate is freedom is collective freedom and this morning again referring to our Latin American community we looked at these uh, beautiful photographs of the work that they're doing um, in Uruguay this was in the program that was Presidency Institute did recently in, in, uh, in Latin America and you know there were people in the in the social presencing theater there were indigenous people people in their traditional um, clothing who were doing rituals there were there was a person um, with Down syndrome who was doing the 4d mapping as playing a role there was a person um, with a physical disability and they were just uh, included in the work and and there were so many it was such an array of beautiful human beings on the planet together with this aspiration to create um, a, a good world an enlightened society as it were and that there was something about that that I feel is the definition of um, of this collective liberation, that everyone has a place and everyone can co-create with others a good world. Yeah, something like that. Mm. Ashe, thank you. Ashe. That was so beautiful. I got chills. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Arawana, for making time today. And thank you, listeners, for taking time out of your day to listen to our conversation. Um, if you want to learn more about Arawana, you can go to arawanahayashi.com and u-school.org for learning more about the offerings of the Presencing Institute. Thank you for listening and be well. Thank you so much, Nicole, and everyone. Really appreciated our time together.